Can we take a moment, just a moment of time, and appreciate the insanity that was Kobe Bryant's Black Mamba, Mr. Five Rings Machine, Lakers himself. He breathes and sleeps basketball every day. And the stories are the only thing that can really match what was a legacy of Kobe Bryant's basketball career. The stories that come about out about how insane this guy was. For instance, every time you go to practice, he'd always, no matter how long you're in the gym, he'd always keep shooting just to let you know that he would outwork you. And no matter how long you stay in the gym, he would always stay later. When he said he was guarding Ellen Iverson and Ellen Iverson's crossover is just unguardable in the league, he said he would study sharks and their body movements because he said that the way that a shark moves is similar to the way that Ellen Iverson moves in basketball. And one of my favorite Kobe Bryant stories just dropped from an article recently, and it talks about how Kobe Bryant loved to read and how he gifted reading as one of his main advantages. He would be such a psychopath that he literally would read the ref manual book to know where in basketball and NBA basketball. Remember, Kobe is a basketball player for you guys that didn't know. But Kobe would look where in the NBA ref handbook the refs were supposed to be at each point in the game. That way, he was able to identify dead spots meaning spots in the game where the ref would be the most unlikely to see Kobe and his defender or offender. So a lot of times when he was guarding someone on defense and he was off ball, meaning that the guy that he's guarding didn't have the ball, there were certain spots in the courts at certain times where he knew he could foul his man, he could hit his man, he could pull his man, bite his man, kiss his man, romance his man, have a dinner with his man, do his own man's taxes without the ref catching on. You see, the ultimate genius of Kobe is not just only his genetic gift of being 6'6", but his is relentlessness in trying to get every single advantage he can squeeze out. Because let's put it this way. If you're 6'6", anyone can make the NBA, but however, not anyone can be an all-star at that height. And there's many people who are just as physically gifted as Kobe who do not make the league similar to Kobe. It's important to know the rules so you can learn how to break them. Today in the workforce, we see countless barriers to making it to the executive suites. Whether you didn't go to the right prestigious school, you didn't get the class marks in school, the high grades you needed, you didn't have the certifications. There's all of these different levels of glass ceilings that stop you from breaking to the top of that high income CEO executive type positions, as well as those glass ceilings that stop you from becoming that crazy profitable entrepreneur that releases revolutionary tech products, or you just start a little business that gives you lots of wealth and hit that millionaire status. You know, there's all these different ceilings that we psychologically put on ourselves. And through this podcast, the Uneducated Investor Podcast, I hope to start to kind of 
help people be more aware of the future and more aware of what these ceilings kind of look like. And one of the best ways to see a ceiling that's put on actual growth in the workplace or growth in entrepreneurship is when we take an in-depth look at women. And I didn't mean that in a sexual way. <laughs> Let's look at women in the workplace. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about being a guy in their 20s is that you start to notice earlier in life that it appears that women have all the advantages, right? So in the dating world, if you go on Tinder as a guy, you know, you can run a man for days. You won't find a match. A girl swipes one. She has a match instantly. Um, you know, guys have to approach girls when they're out in the clubs. Girls just pick and choose. Ew, not you. Ew, not you. When they're in the club, it's really not a fair dichotomy. In the school place, it seems that academic success is always awarded to girls. You know, they write prettier. They can sit down still for longer periods of time while guys are these dysfunctional, rabid beasts in the classroom that can never seem to go too long without making a joke to their friends. It seems that girls outperform guys in school regularly. That's why when you look at college and university applications rates and their participation rates in um, college and university, you'll notice a very big slant um, to female students. Most universities are anywhere between 55 to 60 percent females when it comes to enrollment and graduation. So, of course, we're getting into this weird weird world where girls are dominating guys in university and represent most of the educated college workforce. You're seeing the end, the low-level high school diploma-only needed type service jobs also being dominated by females. Think about your waiters. Think about your bartenders. Think about even your bank tellers. It seems like receptionists, for dentists, receptionists at doctor's office. It seems like every single low-level skilled service job also slants to women while male jobs such as coal mining or trucking, these are industries that are slowly disappearing where high school grads could earn lots and learn lots of money as men. It seems the jobs that men traditionally have been doing in the past are slowly disappearing. So then with all this advantages in the career life early for women, why is it that there's so few women CEOs. Forbes 500 recently pat themselves on the back saying that the women CEOs had hit a career high. In this year's 2019 list, there is a listed 33 women CEOs listed, which, wow, 33, what a big number. Until you consider that there's 500 CEOs in total in the Forbes list. My goodness, 500, that's almost like the same amount of women in the list as there are the same amount of people named James in the list. It's really disparaging when you look at the ratios of women to CEOs. Only 6% of CEOs are women in the Forbes 500 list. And remember, women are over 50% of the population of the United States, so you'd expect way more. So what is this glass ceiling that women are hitting and why aren't they being represented, overrepresented even 
in the workplace, in the executive teams, especially when they're excelling in universities and able to have various degrees of success in other avenues of life. You know, studying economic econometrics, one of the most famous fabled things is talking about the pay gap and the wage gap, where it's women make every what is it? 70 cents, 77 cents on the dollar to a man. So for every dollar a man makes, a woman makes 77 for the same position. But when you actually look at the pay gap and the gender gap between men and women, after factoring out, you know, um, factoring out what is it work experience work hours the actual job where they work itself the location when you factor out all those things it turns out that women for the same position make 94 cents to the dollar so there's still an advantage where you get paid more being a man but it seems at the end of the day that women still don't make as much as men however that after you take those variables in consideration, those variables are really ch- trying to consider the fact that women are choosing less pay, high paying jobs than men. The reason why the average woman makes 77 cents on the dollar to a man is because they're choosing less high paying, less stressful jobs. And our society has always puzzled and tried to sum this up as sexism. Oh, the evil man. They're not trying to pay women what they are worth. But the true fact of what's going on here is super important to see, Flight Crew, because you have to understand the certain glass ceiling that's stopping you from actually making that wealth And once you are able to identify it, once you're able to do that, then you can start playing to how to get around it and starting to build that wealth in your future. Because to build wealth, you need a long-term strategy. And if you don't know the barriers that are going to stop you, it's almost impossible to build that million-dollar wealth through your part-time business or your investment stock portfolio. So why is only 6% of women CEOs on the for, on the Fortune 500 list. It's so simple. It's because they get pregnant. It's funny playing basketball. Back to my boy Kobe Bryant, he was killing it in like his tenth year in the league, twelfth year in the league, and all of a sudden he had, I think it was an Achilles injury, had him out for a year, a bit past a year plus. Devastated his career, came back, wasn't the same, didn't get the same bounce in his step. When a woman gets pregnant, she's out in the WNBA for like nine to 12 months out of the year. Matter of fact, basically getting Achilles injury is almost the equivalent of just getting pregnant. That's how much time you end up missing. It's it's such a hindrance on your actual career progression and career performance. And what is going on in society is that we have not, as a society, came up with a mechanism to actually compensate females appropriately for being the people who have to carry the baby and then actually raise the baby from year one, two, three, four, five, which are like the most crucial years in the child's life. It's literally a full-time job 
in itself. And it's so funny how in society we just pretend for some reason that women don't have to take the brunt of raising kids. Like if women don't actually have kids, it actually shows that they perform at ridiculously high levels. It's almost the same as like literally it's it's almost the same or even better in some cases than men do that um, don't have kids. Like when you compare the stats and this is one of the reasons why women get so planted or so their career takes such a halt because those two, three, four years when you're a, the average college educated woman has a child around 32. So that 32 when you're 32 is like one of the prime earning years of your career. This is one of those times where you're really supplanting yourself as either a senior manager or a director in your company. And you're really allowing yourself to move up the corporate ranks. But when you get pregnant, think about it. Those that one year or eight months you're taking off, that can be almost detrimental to your salary increases, to your promotions. I mean, it's hard to get a promotion after a year of not working, because what have you shown in that year of not working that shows that you deserve a promotion over a man who's been working there the whole time? So in a perfect society, you know, if I was president, I would create some sort of universal basic income that pays people a thousand dollars no matter what, or something to actually help and value the work of stay at home mothers or people who are just taking parental leave So that we as a society say, hey, we recognize that you are taking care of a child. So therefore, here's this money because this is the value you are actually adding to the economy. But there's not that mechanism. (laughs) It's, It's just not there. It's like we just pretend it doesn't exist. So with this being a glass ceiling for women, what should a woman do to get over this glass ceiling? It's a tough question. It's a tough choice. And of course, it really helps if they're in a two-parent household. So staying with the man really helps with the brunt of taking care of the child. But at the same time, this is a big hurdle and a big problem that a lot of women have to go through if they're trying to make it to the top. But the key to this whole podcast, and if I wanted to take you away, take if I want, if you want to take anything away from this, take this away. It's the fact that once as a woman, you understand, <laughs> it sounds so funny me saying it, but as a woman understands the actual responsibility and the husband too, of course, or the partner too, of course, as they both understand the actual responsibility of having a kid and how much that will affect their finances and their time and their energy, they can maybe start planning ways to build income um, that they can still build income and have that time freedom. So a lot of women, they end up going to fields such as teaching where you get, you know, a couple months off or they get government jobs where you only work eight hours a day. And that way it frees up a lot of their time. But if you're trying to build up wealth, that's the best time to also think about part-time jobs that you can do that give you that time freedom, whether that's your, I don't know, you're an assistant online or you're starting your own YouTube channel or a podcast like I'm doing, or maybe you want to 
I don't know, sell things on Amazon. You want to start your own cooking bakery, you know, selling cooked goods to the neighborhood, you know, finding these little entrepreneurial businesses that you can start on a part time basis are crucial as a woman. If you're ever trying to really break into that high tier money generating wealth that CEOs make. It's hard to move through the corporate ladder, especially having one, two, or three kids. That's think about it. three kids is like equivalent of like three years just off of your resume. But if you just acknowledge that those three years are going to be gone, and you have a super supportive husband that wants to be you know the stay at home husband or the prime take care of the kids, then of course you can build that wealth and be the breadwinner of the family. This is just one example of a glass ceiling. But once you start thinking of these ways, you can think about the ways of how you can go from lower class to middle class and middle class to higher class. People who make a lot of money understand that they're going to face problems a lot of times and understanding how to beat those problems. That's what truly bears the fruits. And that is the black mamba mentality. (laughs) And as always, the best, most brightest investors, they are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That is because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. If you like this episode, make sure to give it a five-star review, Flight Crew, and we have to take off. See you later. The Uneducated Investor Podcast.